Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, my name is Jess Phillips, and this is yours sincerely. At the start of the very first lockdown, I was seeing so many of my constituents who were losing loved ones to COVID-19 without a chance to say one last goodbye. It got me thinking about what I would say to my husband and kids if I never got a chance to tell them how much I love them. So I wrote them each a letter. I still keep it in a safe place. I've always been a prolific letter writer, both the good and bad kind, and know the power of putting words on paper. So in this podcast, I want to give my guests a chance to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. And when we've heard more about each person, they'll reveal how they would sign off each letter. Charlie Cox is a poet, artist and mental health advocate. Named one of Forbes 30 under 30 last year, Charlie is known for her poetry, which touches on topics such as mental health, love and the highs and lows of digital life. And today I'm excited to talk to her about the letters she would send to the three people who mean the world to her. Hello, Charlie. And how are you doing? Hello, Jess. I am very well, actually. Thank you. God, it's so nice to say yes, I am very well and not be lying. How are you? I mean, I always lie. I thought that this morning. I was on the news this morning talking about rape statistics very cheery and I'd been vomiting all night and when Kay Burley on Sky News said hello Jess how are you I said oh I'm I'm really good thank you Kay and I thought I want to say I've been vomiting all night actually Kay it's been quite a tough night but I didn't I just said I'm fine so I'm glad to hear that you are saying you are fine and that you are actually feeling fine that would have been quite an apt introduction, really, wouldn't it, to the current rape statistics and what's being done about it? Quite, yeah. Well, Kay, in preparation, I've just thrown up all evening. Yeah, this is how I feel about this, Kay. I feel like it's going to make me sick. But I'm feeling much better now. I'm through being sick. I'm not pregnant. I'd just like to put that caveat in. I just had eaten something that didn't agree with me. So I'm glad that we're all well and feeling good. Um, So this is all about letter writing and the first question I have for you is have you ever written someone a letter? I presume so, everybody's written someone a letter. Sometimes I worry just that it's only me that's keeping Royal Mail afloat. I... (laughs) Not a week goes past where I don't buy a book of stamps. Um, I I love sending letters. It's both a hobby and perhaps a problem. I've got lots of little people in my life. (laughs) I know lots of children and there's just nothing more exciting I remember as a kid than receiving something in the post for you, something that landed on the mat with your name on it. So I try and make an effort to send the little ones in my life a little card or a little postcard every so often. Um, And then friends as well. You know, sometimes you have a particularly good meeting and we all know they're quite rare and you are really touched by someone's contribution or something personal that they've shared. And I like to send a thank you in the post. So yeah, I I send a lot of letters. Oh my gosh, I tell you what, Charlie, you are fit for parliament because there is a sort of convention in parliament and I don't know where it started and it's the most polite part of parliament 
is that the personal note to say thank you for something that somebody said in a meeting, for example, is it happens all the time. So we all get this like A5 sheets of paper with like the little portcullis at the top. And if you're in a debate or you say something, people will just write you notes and say, oh, I really appreciated what you said today. And they put it in the little internal post. It's like, you know, the post box you used to have at school to give out Valentine's cards. And then someone got to be the monitor. It's like that. But so we have an internal post in Parliament and these little notes fly all around to different offices for people saying nice things uh, to each other. But it's also a currency. There's a cynicism to it, Mm. which I'm sure your small notes don't have such cynicism. Well, I don't know, Jess, maybe they do. (laughs) Are you hoping that one day the small children in your life will be able to vote you onto a committee? Yes, the committee of godmotherhood. (laughs) Correct. Um, So do you have any letters from your past that are like you treasure? Do you keep any letters? Yeah, um, I... I've actually just closed my first ever exhibition um, called Wish You Were Here, Postcards from the Past, aptly. And I'm a right little squirreler, um, a hoarder with a heart. I keep everything it, to the point where it's, it is borderline concerning. I mean, one of the things that we exhibited was a spoon, a spoon that I'd stolen from a friend's house that has particular meaning, ex-boyfriend's T-shirts, cigarette butts, it's all lived in shoebox. Cigarette butts. I was with you until you went for cigarette butts. You kept someone else's cigarette butt. Was it a DNA thing for the future? Or <laughs> it was. It was just in case I can't have children, and that man was particularly good looking. Um, <laughs> no, it was a particularly poignant conversation with a friend, and it was had over these two cigarettes. And I don't even remember pocketing them, but when I found them, it immediately transported me back to that conversation and how pertinent it was to both of our lives and so I made them a little clay ashtray so they're not so lonely anymore but same with letters I've got postcards from my grandfather that I cherish letters from ex-boyfriends god quite a few of them I mean I'm a poet so in a cynical way I think they used them as currency because they knew that that would really feed a part of my heart and my soul of which it did unfortunately um (laughs) But yeah, I've got I've got a, I've got a lot of paper upstairs. I've got a lot of handwritten notes. Even PRs, PRs who very kindly send me things, they'll write a nice little note that goes in the box. I can't throw them away. The sentiment is there. It's a really kind, lovely gesture. It's a problem. I need a bigger house. I mean, I was going to say you you are definitely going to need a bigger house. I mean, that's impressive. Have you ever had like a horrible letter that you've kept, like one that was being mean to you? I mean, I obviously get a lot of those. Burn them, burn them. I know I actually really, really like them. They make me laugh a lot of the time and I put them up in my office to remind me that, you know, I'm I'm an evil bitch or whatever it is to keep on going. I might just start printing out my DMs and bad Goodreads reviews, actually, because some of them on, <laughs> on bad days, I used to think it was a form of self-harm and now I realise that actually it's just the greatest source of entertainment. I only really have like sort of two or three, really, that I, I keep. My husband is basically... Uh, the male working class version of Marie Kondo. He says he was gonna <laughs> he was gonna write a book called Shove It in the Skip and <laughs> makes me throw almost everything away. And I will say things like, but you know, the the thirty five bus timetable from nineteen ninety seven, you know, it might be worth something one day and he'll be like, Shove it in the skip. So I have to say there's much less in my life than there would be if I hadn't kept him around. So this podcast is all about writing letters that celebrate the people who matter to us. So first of all, I wanted to start with the person who means the world to you. So if you had to send a letter to the person who means the world to you, who would that be? This will come as zero shock or surprise, I think, generally speaking, let alone to the people in my life. But the first letter would go to my mother. My mum is my entire world and rightly so, she birthed me, but... She didn't just birth me, she birthed a best friend, which I just think is the coolest thing in the world. You know, of all the kids she could have popped out, she popped out one that was her soulmate. Lucky that. I know, right? (laughs) Imagine if she hadn't. What a miserable existence for both of us. Just, I cannot stress enough how phenomenal she is. I know everyone says that about their mums. Well, some people are lucky enough to say that about their mums, but yeah, there is not a day, even ones where 
we are passive aggressive you've put something in the dishwasher wrong with each other I'm still just totally blown away by her her tenacity and her strength and how she's taught me to be a thoroughly independent woman if a thoroughly independent woman was not also incredibly codependent on her mother <laughs> I think that's fine in in the sort of like you know in all the women independent I think moms are fine yeah and you know at one stage I was physically legitimately attached to her did you always think that though so when you said everybody would say that and I would absolutely say that about my mother who died when I was 29 and so that you, when somebody has died they become even more beatified in your head right so I would say that but I and you said that everybody would say that about their mother and I sit here and and not, with no desire to have any sympathy over this fact but I'm almost certain my children wouldn't say it about me because they're teenage boys and they would just be like, yeah, you're all right, I suppose. Like, whatever. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you're sometimes all right. But do you, did you always feel like that about your mum? Did you feel like that about her when you were a teenager? Do you know what? Yeah. As a kid, this will, this will come as shock and surprise. I was incredibly shy, almost mute. I was absolutely terrified of everything around me. Kids my own age held no interest to me whatsoever. And everything was just incredibly anxiety inducing. But my mum would always joke that I was her handbag. Wherever she was, I was hanging off her arm or I was sat on her lap or yeah, you know, I was I was never far. I think it'd be interesting to know what she thinks about this. I'm I'm sure there were times in my teenage years where I wasn't the most amiable person to be around I was a teenager but even then I've always held her in such high regard and I think that's because I've seen the level of shit frankly that that she's been through and she's managed to get us through I have a particularly difficult relationship or currently non-existent relationship with my father and she bore the brunt of that for much longer than than I've ever seen or known and how she managed to handle what was an incredibly abusive situation, whether um, in whatever regard you want to look at it. Watching her navigate that and look after me at the same time and look after herself has really left such a lasting impression on me that, that nothing is impossible, that finding your self-worth, regardless of how long that, that takes and regardless of how sticky and tricky that situation is to kind of pull it apart and find it again... It is so worth it and it is so possible and quite often the worse the situation that you go through, the better you come out the back of it if you really focus on yourself and, and she's she's always done that. She's always been this amazing presence in my life and in the back of my head always and and she's always a phone call away. She's currently only a bedroom away because we live together. Thanks, Mum. Love you. Do you talk about how grateful you are to each other? So have you ever told her what she means to you? Or is it just completely implicit in the way that you are? I think it feels implicit, for sure. I'm quite the gusher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a poet by trade, so every, every birthday is an excuse for a personalised poem, which is also great if you've forgotten to buy a gift. <laughs> cheap um but yeah we we are very vocal I'm I'm very I'm very grateful actually that I was brought up saying I love you all the time and it's something that I've continued on into adult life I'm not frightened of professing my love for those who I, I feel deserve it and those I feel it for I we've never hung up the phone to each other without saying I love you and that's really important to me but she knows, she, of course she does, she knows how much I adore her, but I don't think she really, she doesn't hear enough from me how proud I am of her, it's a much bigger thing. My love for her is totally uncomplicated and a forever lasting emotion and feeling, but the sense of pride that I have when I think about her, oh it's just made me go teary, is so mammoth that it's difficult to put into words and when I was sat I sat this morning trying to put it into a letter how would I read it what would I sign it off with and I found it so so difficult that I had to stop <laughs> and I think the only way that I could ever do that and the only way that I could ever really 
truly write the perfect letter for her would be to be the woman that she's taught me to be. And that's someone with conviction, someone with insatiable strength through softness. She's the softest person I know and she attacks everything with an abundance of kindness and and that's been one of the greatest lessons ever. I think it's hard to write how proud you feel of somebody though because it's bigger than you can express in lots of cases. Yeah. And like, you know, when you try and explain a dream and it slips away from you as you're saying it and then you start to just make it up because you've started saying it to somebody who's probably completely disinterested in your dream, but you've started it. It slips away from you. And I think when you have to try it with some, somebody you feel so proud of and so indebted to and you hope they feel pride in you and that's the pride that actually it's a sort of joint thing. I think it is hard to express that truly. And I try and say it to my kids sometimes. I try and be like, I'm just so proud of you. And I sometimes like it's like I have to, I'm going to have to bite them to tell, yeah. you know, like I, I'm going to have to yeah. like... Physically, I have to leave a physical imprint on this moment so you know just how proud I am. Yeah. yeah, like I'm trying to squeeze you and be like, I'm so proud of you. And I, they're not, they're just like, yeah, all right, whatever. They're not getting it and I can't express it. So I don't think that that's an unusual thing, like violence. In, your mother protects everything with, with softness. I immediately have to like sort of physically lash out to show any emotion, which is certainly not what my mother taught she too was very 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 like just approached everything really calmly nothing like me but yeah I think it is hard to get it down and say it it's I guess as well I was always taught not by my mum but I think I think it's something that I've just sort of like absorbed through osmosis of society and life is you shouldn't be proud Pride is, you know, a sin. That's like the worst sin in working class homes. I mean, it is literally like having a bob on yourself is literally, it's a sinner's game. It's the worst sin. Get too high. My nan used to say, you've built yourself up too high and God will take you away. Yeah. And it is mortifying. Why am I batting away this gracious kindness or this sense of celebration of me? And I think because it is so difficult to feel proud of yourself then trying to find language to express how proud you are of somebody else it doesn't exist it's not innate to us it's it's been stripped away for so long that we're suddenly in this bubble of I want to I need to squeeze you to let you know we need to invent it like my mum taught me she said to take a compliment just say thank you very much that's very kind don't bat it back to a person uh, accept it also she taught me to say when I left someone's house thank you very much for having me we must do this again except at my house um, and it's very robotic <laughs> to say you know that you, what a woman we need to learn we do need to learn this uh, we maybe need to invent like just sort of quick and easy ways to, to express this because I, I think you're right I think it is quite it is quite hard and now I'm going to make you try and do it so for each of the people we talk about today I'll ask you to tell me how you would sign off your letter the words you'd bring together in writing that final paragraph so how 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 would you do it or are you going to try and dodge it no I'm going to do it I can do it it would be I am so incredibly proud not only of the woman you are and the woman that I know you are yet to become, even still. But of the fact that that wholeness hasn't dissipated when you've also given so much of it to me, what incredible magic. I know I don't say it often enough and I know I rely far too much on believing that you just know it to be true. But I am always, even when you're irritating, which isn't very often so incredibly proud of you yours sincerely me your baby (laughs) what is your mum's name Frances well Frances sounds like an amazing woman and is in my experience of people who have had difficult relationships and 
been in any sort of abusive situation that allowing them to learn to love themselves again is a process that takes a huge amount of time and a lot of encouragement from the people around them to be able to do it so pat yourself on the back for the fact that your mum was able to do it because you definitely will have helped and I say that as you know a world leading expert in the field <laughs> so well done to you I'm proud of you right then so we've got mom slash francis's letter filed whenever i have to write a letter to my mother-in-law or a birthday card to my mother-in-law i have to write mom slash diana slash nan if it's from all of us because she has she has many different names so mom slash francis i won't call her mom myself um, but i'm sure she'd be delighted <laughs> I'm, i'd be happy to do it to be fair so i'd have to call her auntie that is the sort of thing is that anybody who is who is older than you you must refer to them as auntie even if it's just like the woman down the road who once borrowed a cup of sugar auntie yeah i've got an auntie julie she was a neighbor <laughs> I, I, it's funny isn't it i think that's dying out my kids don't even call their actual aunts and uncles auntie and uncle they just refer to them by their names that's the way the world is changing these youth these young things Right, so we've signed off the letter to your mum slash Francis. So the second letter I've asked you to prepare is to someone who is no longer around. So who would your second letter be to? So at the beginning of the year, we lost my grandfather, who is my mum's father. And my God, that man was my best friend. He was my absolute hero apple of my eye just ugh, I just can't express it he (laughs) he was a child he was a child up until 89 years old he never got rid of this like childish sense of wonder and joy and and experience life in a way that was purely through feeling and not through logic which I was always so fascinated by and absolutely why I'm a poet, absolutely why I do anything creative was because of him. He managed to distill just the most incredibly mundane life events into these boxes of emotions. So nothing ever felt that frightening. If I was angry as a child, he'd make you go out in the garden and scream until you were exhausted. Or... If you were upset about something, he would sit and sob his eyes out with you. You know, he was constantly trying to show you that shunning emotion is the worst thing that you can do. And the most exciting thing about life is our propensity to feel these feelings and to express them and show them. And just what an amazing, amazing man. That must be quite out of kilter with his generation when I think of I mean it's that you know what you're describing you know there's real issue for young men even today in understanding that feeling things is okay um, and expressing those feelings even rarer than knowing it's okay to feel them you know all sorts of problems with patriarchy being terrible for women I actually think it's just as harmful to men in that regard and I see it playing out in the lives of the my brother's father's sons and my husband although less so him he seems perfectly fine to experience an older man from a sort of, you know, a more traditional past to experience somebody being like that and not bottling things up. That sounds amazing. I mean, I think about him all the time, but I was really thinking about this the other day that he was one of nine and he had seven brothers and one sister, poor Rose. And he also didn't have a particularly happy time as a child but then went off and made his own fun you know got evacuated then went to sea then you know just went on a bit of a jolly it seemed and absolutely how he probably would have described it too and had all the best tales but I think that it was being exposed to such sadness and trauma at such a young formative time in his life that it was a real decision between do I suffer this forever do I let this hang with me or do I spend the rest of my life trying to regain the childhood that I would have preferred and I I think that's what he did he 
he graced every room with almost like an obscene amount of loveliness every everyone was his sweetheart or his darling you know even the I mean even the postman and (laughs) and uh which I'm sure he loved and it is it was it's almost pioneering to think of this man who he has been taught to be the opposite of he really rebelled against and and thank god I mean as a child that's just the most precious thing where an adult an authority figure isn't telling you that you're stupid for being upset it isn't telling you that you need to be quiet because you're cross about something to really allow you to hone in on these inner tools that we aren't taught about at the right age is really astounding to me so much more so than you know the deeper things he was good bloody fun <laughs> i mean that's really the most important thing in life to be honest just just fun i mean we used to traipse up and down kilburn high road and pretending that we were lost just because it was fun just because it was really fun jess then we'd go to woolworths and we'd steal some of the pick a mix and we'd go and set off all the rocking horses and all the talking dolls and run around like idiots and then leave I've, you know just stupid stupid things that you know he never had more than a fiver in his back pocket ever never had more than a fiver in his back pocket And the best days of my life, I can say with utter confidence, were with him. They never cost us a penny. We went on so many different adventures together and they're such a part of the glue of who I am. It must be incredibly hard to have lost him. Yeah, it was, um, I don't know, it's, it's almost an awful thing to say, but I can sigh a great sense of relief knowing that I have faced the worst day of my life I always knew that that would be really really incomprehensibly hard to understand let alone go through and because of lockdown I it's the longest I'd never seen him I didn't see him for 11 months and 11 months in 25 years is just it was it was utterly utterly heartbreaking towards the end he had dementia he'd also suffered quite a terrible stroke and so his comprehension of technology as you would hope for an 89 year old man actually was not all that great and you know zoom calls whilst he got used to them in the end were still just a bit disconnected and a bit confusing and I'm really really grateful that I got to go in and say goodbye to him and we, the one thing that we, we always used to, to do is, this had been a mainstay throughout my entire life, is we would sit on the sofa together. He would tickle my feet in a really nice way, not in an irritating way. And I would read him a poem that I had written about him. And he'd love it. And we'd talk about how much we loved each other because we were soppy sods. And then we'd have a nap. And someone would wake us up with a crisp sandwich and all would be well in the world. I mean, it already sounded perfect when you said you had a nap. And then when you followed it up with a crisp sandwich, which is literally the food of champions, it sounds totally perfect. There's nothing better than a crisp sandwich. It's the best. Absolutely divine. Even with a bit of cheese and pickle in there as well. Oh, go on, go on. It's a Sunday. We've just had a nap. And uh, and yeah, and I, I did that all throughout my life and... The last time I saw him, I sat and, and went through some of my favourite poems that I'd written about him and read them to him again. And he he was at a state where he couldn't speak. He couldn't quite speak. He couldn't really verbalise anything. And he just didn't really seem there. But I was holding his hand with gloves on again. So strange. And he would squeeze my hand at his old favourite bits that I already knew were his favourite bits. And he would try and mouth words at me and... It was just, just so, so profound, profound that when you feel as though language is lost, it's it's still the only thing that you have. And communication, whether it's verbal or non-verbal, it's just it moves mountains inside of you. And I I wanted again you and your letters. I love writing letters. Why has this been so hard? <laughs> You've got to sign off the letter to your granddad. What was his name? Len. Len. That's a proper granddad name. Yeah. 
he was, he was. And it, do you know what? It was such a proper granddad. Best guy ever. Love him. Miss you. I thought the only fitting thing that I could really put at the end of this letter was... Oh, gosh, if we didn't think it was emotional, it's just about to get even bloody worse, isn't it? Um, pull it together, Cox. Um, at his funeral, I read a poem that I would like to share with you, if you wouldn't mind. And, yeah, it was my sign-off, I guess. That was that was my official sign-off, was this poem. And it was the first and the last one that he never got to hear, which, do you know what? still sucks it's shit <laughs> but i think i think sharing it might also offer me a bit of closure so it's it's also a very selfish act thank you for humoring me on it You're very welcome um and it goes a little something like this little boy man husband father grandfather entrusted into every glimpse of life i have not yet lived you take your positions as a privilege, and with it you thanklessly give. There is not a dot in the universe we have not explored. Our parameters are marked up as scattered kisses on a map that shows off Kilburn High Road and I Love You Moors. When dark descends, which it always does, you are stood smiling at the back, waving an umbrella prepared for the floods of tears and grazed knees. The banshee wails of, please, please, grandad, can we just go home? Take me back into your chest. Don't let me go until I've learned the rest in your manual of how to cope. So you tell me. Did you know, when a rainbow appears, it's a monkey's birthday? If you sleep with your socks on, you sleep with the devil. Little girls who plant trees go to heaven. Did you know... Your eye is the size of your thumb and your lips are as great as ships if you smile even if you haven't won. Did you know everything can be made useful? A whistle gets you through. There's no greater sound than hearing I love you. There's nothing jelly and ice cream cannot fix. If you're far, you can always just blow a kiss. When you scream, make sure it clears your lungs. When you write your to-dos, don't forget to add, have fun. Always let the car indicating have right of way. Greet every stranger with good morning, sweetie, have a lovely day. Don't hit the goat with a hat on with a stick. You'll be amazed with what you can clean with white spirit. You'll always be beautiful even in a bin bag. When you need someone to rely on, ask your granddad. When you want to leave a party, just go. Sometimes the best conversations are with yourself doing the washing up at home. Gun Wharf has a key, not quay, and if you only pay for one plate, they won't notice if you have seconds at the all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. Don't twirl tent poles like battens unless you want a bruised head. Before you finish the crusts on your toast, make sure the blackbirds have been fed. There is nothing shameful about not knowing. All you have to do is ask the question. But now you leave me with your greatest lesson. To stand on my own without your hand to hold. But I know how to blow kisses. I know how to clear my lungs. I also know how to shoot pigeons with an air gun. I know that love sings sweetest when it's silent. And you win prizes just for trying. I know everything you taught me was to soothe me as I was crying. All the questions I will one day have that you can't answer anymore matter little because you gave me truth. Because they can always be answered with when I asked you. How will I find the love of my life, Grandad? What's a girl got to do to show a man she's worthy? You sighed. Darling, you found him early. Stop searching. You wink and I know it will always be you. I will always know wherever you go. You've given me everything I need by stitching all your goodness onto me. The luckiest girl in the world, with you always by my side or in the sky. The luckiest girl in the world, for I never really have to say goodbye. Mm, it's very, very, very beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. And like all those things that granddads say, <laughs> like things like, you can do a lot of things with white spirits <laughs> is a, a classic 
a classic of the canon. My granddad used to say, show me a man who wears a hat while he's driving and I'll show you a scoundrel. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no idea why, but... But it, it works, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's right, though. It's, it, stood, it stood the test of time. But it is a very, very, very beautiful poem and an amazing send-off to the brilliant Len who sounds absolutely cracking. <laughs> he sounds like a cracking sort. He was that, and he'd be thrilled to be described as such. <laughs> <laughs> a cracking sort, indeed, he sounds. Really, 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 really moving. So that is a very good sign-off. Well done. That was an exemplar in the field um, as a, as a sign-off. Take that, other guests. Try and rival my teary granddad funeral poem. Yeah, I didn't come to play. <laughs> if I ever get another teary granddad funeral poem, I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe it will. I mean, uh, it was of a very, very high I standard. I want a second though. go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, dear. Uh, right then. So we'll be back for Charlie's final letter after a short break. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before the break, we talked about the letter you would send to someone who means the world to you and the letter that you would send to someone who is no longer around. The final letter is a letter you would send to somebody who might not know just how significant a role they've played in your life. So who would you want to share your gratitude for who doesn't know that you feel that way? So this letter would be addressed to two people, but under the same the same letter. They can have a print-out copy each. Um, <laughs> those lucky, lucky girls. And it would go to two women who I've actually never met and their names are Britt and Kelsey. Britt and Kelsey, <laughs> about 10 years... Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's nearly 10 years ago. Nearly 10 years ago. Oh, I'm not old enough to say. How old are you, Charlie? I know, I'm 26. You're 26. So when you were 16, right, okay. 26 is no age, by the way, no age. Oh, it's feeling it, Jess. It's really feeling it. <laughs> it's, it's only going to get worse. Um, I used to work for two of my best friends, Jack and Finn Harrys. They had a YouTube channel called Jack's Gap, and now they are utterly brilliant uh, climate activists. But yes, they used to run a YouTube channel called Jack's Gap, which I produced at the ripe old age of, I think, must have been about 17 hilarious just playing grown-ups really and Kelsey and Britt followed them and loved their work and through them found me they have followed me on Twitter Instagram whatever else I've dabbled in who knows probably a Pinterest board once upon a time and 
have just always been the most unwavering support over whatever I've done in in such selfless and I guess until now thankless ways they also live on opposite sides of America and a couple of years ago they flew to meet each other and quite incredible to me that these two women who met via a shared love and interest of two boys who I also adore then became best friends in real life as well as online and my god this is like a film I yeah and also, Brit and Kelsey, they sound like people from a 1970s uh, sitcom. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so, an American 1970s sitcom it based in Missouri. That's what yeah. that sounds yeah. like. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. And they... It's a really strange one. And it will be, I think, more strange for anyone, them, for them to hear this. But on some of my darkest days I think actually yeah if memory serves me correct which I believe it would in this situation the last time that I had tried to kill myself as well as you know my friends and my family of course are the first people you think about when you're in that state but two people that came into my mind were Brit and Kelsey and I I couldn't stop thinking about them I couldn't stop thinking about how upset they would be, but also how cross they would be and how helpless they would have felt over that. And I went back on Twitter and just to look through their exchanges, just to see what they were up to, just to see what life was like where they were. And it really gave me a lot of hope. It sounds so daft. Oh, of all the things that that was actually going to make me cry, I can't believe it's that... Uh, I think that's a pretty emotional thing. Let me just get this completely straight. Yes, you may. These are two women. Right, so, you know, uh, you have uh, written about it and certainly I have written about the the perils of social media, um, of the online world generally, that it can be perilous and emotionally draining and anxiety-inducing, all of those things. And so... This is the entire reverse of that story. So these are two women who are basically fans of things that you have done and other people have done with you who have for 10 years followed your progress completely remotely online and just been like cheerleaders online and you have you have never met them and they exist entirely in the sort of ether of the internet the ether of the ethernet cable if you will and thank you stolen <laughs> you can use it <laughs> um i mean it's almost unbelievable yeah it is i believe you obviously you. but that is okay just just wanted to make sure that i had understood exactly who Brit and Kelsey were and they're American as well that that is and and they're American which makes it even better it does totally make it better I don't know why but for the film rights I just like that we get to go and shoot on location (laughs) and they are now friends with each other yeah and they've flown to meet each other how amazing well they've obviously had a massive impact on your life if you thought of them in those moments where you're you know feeling as if you don't matter to anybody and that they would ping into your head it's not an uncommon experience i don't think that sort of what seems like frippery yeah to the rest of the world can actually be people's saving grace in moments of real darkness because there is something freeing about frippery where you don't have a a, a responsibility to it in the same way that you have a responsibility to other people and that all that comes with that burden and so that their impact on you is huge it's mammoth and something that I am so grateful for and it is totally incredible to me that you know and I'm sure you experience this too in a similar way and and we all kind of do now I guess but numbers on social media followings like you know whatever the commodity is it doesn't really feel like anything it's not real it's not tangible it's not personal it's it's a username or it's an icon or you know they have very real consequences and when they build up it is real 
But when it comes to praise, in the same way, I guess, as we were saying earlier, it's so difficult to feel proud of yourself because we've been told it's disgusting. It's the same when other people are nice to you online. It's kind of a bit like, well, you know, sure, sure, whatever. And Kels and Brett just surpassed that for me. They are the most real thing on the internet for me. There's something so incredibly special about them that I've never got to articulate before in a way that really felt as though it meant something. And it seems a bit frivolous to, you know, send them a tweet being like, hey guys, I love you. You know, I do that anyway. But really to give them a proper concrete moment in time and history and in my career to be like, guys, you have no idea how often I think about you and how often I wonder what you're up to and how every time I make a bit of money or make a bit more money, I think I wonder when I'll be rich enough to fly Kelsey and Brit to London so they can come and see London and hang out with me. You know, just two people that live independently of me probably don't think about me half as much as I do them, which is weird. I recognise <laughs> that. <laughs> I like it. I think they are going to lose their shit at this like imagine like you were a fan of somebody and like you know I, I can't even think of somebody I was a fan of when I was young but like like and they they said I actually these two people they mean the world to me it, it keeps me going like you would be absolutely mind blown what a great gift well I know and also what a great gift that I've not given earlier what a waste of Time. I'm sorry, both of you, that it's taken me so long to exercise this piece of magic that has lived inside of me and I've selfishly kept it away from you. But here it is in all of its glittering glory. My sign-off, I believe, would be, don't worry. Every time I make a bit of cash, I think of you and how I can possibly get it to you so you can fly over and we can be the best friends that I know we're supposed to be. You've saved my life on numerous occasions and your love and support is so tangible in an intangible world. I could not be more grateful or feel more lucky to have distant, brilliant, beautiful best friends in you both. Oh my gosh, I'm going to look up Kelsey and Britt. They sound amazing. Oh gosh, that is it's so lovely. It is so lovely and we're so judgmental of the uh, internet at times, aren't we, that actually you can forget about the beauty of the one-worldness of it, the the connections. I'm called on to slag it off all the time I, and, you know, sort of like I'll get wheeled out to slag it off and actually I'm always like, well, half the campaigns that I've run and laws that I've changed, I wouldn't have been able to do it if the internet hadn't existed. Like, how did anybody operate before I could reach masses of people all over the world? So your first letter was to your mum and what an amazing woman Frances sounds to be and I think that she almost certainly knows how much you feel about her. I have absolutely no doubt she does. Uh, your second letter to your amazing, your, your cracking fella, Len, your granddad. Your poem was, you know, so, so moving and I think not just sort of personal to you, even though that's what it was. It it speaks to granddaughters and granddads across the world, I should imagine. And your final letter, I have to say, didn't see it coming that we were going to get like a 1970s style flare wearing sitcom in Kelsey and Brit. When you said it, I think these people have got to be American. When you said Kelsey and Brit, I thought these people cannot be from anywhere in the world apart from the United States of America. I've never met a Kelsey or a Brit, in fact, even in Britain. I've never met. <laughs> Ironically, I've, I've never met one. So... To Kelsey and Britt, who are cheerleaders of each other, of you and of the internet, we shall sign off to them to say that they give us faith in the internet. And if we ever you know, need a reminder of that, we can think of Kelsey and Britt. So how do you feel about now that you've written these letters? And did anything about putting them together surprise you? I'm not going to lie, Jess, I feel quite emotional and like I need a bottle of wine. <laughs> um, 
I was surprised with how difficult I found it as someone who is a militant letter writer and loves nothing more than talking about her feelings and professing her love. Gets me book deals, not complaining. But yeah, it's it's such an everyday part of my life and I I think there's something quite magic about having the experience of really distilling it uh, to three people and for it to feel so sort of like momentous. It, it was a lot more difficult than I, th- I thought it would be. And the third letter, you know, it, I thought I would find that more difficult to think, oh, who would that one go to? There's so many different people that I encounter all the time that don't really know who could it go to. And as soon as I read that as a prompt, I was like, well, uh, obviously it's Kelsey and Brett. I shocked myself. I was like, whoa, what part of your brain was just like sat ready to fire? Like, doosh. Um, it was incredible. And and I love that. I love that they they clearly mean so much more to me than I've ever really had time to to consider and give credit to. So thank you. It feels like a really healing experience. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, um, that's, you know, I spend... I spent almost all of my uh, career talking to people to try and make them feel a bit better about things. So that's like my that's it's, it's she a gift strikes for me to again. <laughs> it's a gift for me to listen, and uh, especially you know your your poem to your granddad is just it's very 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 moving, and like I say, not just because you know when people die it becomes very very poignant and they become something else, and sometimes. You have to try and pull them back down to reality from an ideal and remember. So the sort of touching things about the things that he said and did made him pull back down to earth. And that's a really, really special thing to be able to do with language. So you have a gift. I want to say a massive thank you for sharing your letters. They were brilliant. I'm totally going to look up Brit and Kelsey. I'm I'm going to become fans of Brit and Kelsey. It's like it's going to become wheels within wheels. I love it. This. I love it so and much. We're going to start the Brit and Kelsey fan club. <laughs> they sound amazing. So a massive thank you for sharing your letters. It's been a total pleasure. Thank you so much, Jess. Really, really thank you. I can't thank you enough. There's your letter from me. Love, Charlie. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips. If you want to hear more conversations just like this, make sure you follow Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips on the podcast provider of your choice. And why not write a letter to your friends telling them all about this podcast? And you can also follow us on social media. We're at Jess Phillips Pod. Goodbye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.